0: Welcome everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports and opinions with a bit of snark built in our podcast of Burn Orange Nation and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, Longhorn Pod at gmail.com. Come. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week. Like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's abandoning me on Saturday. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you?
1: If abandoning you is joining hundred thousand of my closest friends inside of uh Dale K. Royal Memorial Stadium at uh, Campbell Williams Field, then yes, Gerald, I will be I will be abandoning you to uh to to to, to be a part of of the Longhorn uh, Nation, the Longhorn Republic, if you will, uh, at, uh, at the opening of a new football season. It's exciting times. I, uh, I just want to start off, since we are talking about a, a UL preview this week, and just say our thoughts are with all the folks in the state of Louisiana. Uh, before we get any snark or any, any, uh, any talking about uh, how, how badly you know we're going to beat the football team called louisiana we want to go ahead and and make sure that we uh genuinely and with the most heartfelt uh sincere uh sympathies and empathies uh, send over our regards to all those affected uh by hurricane ida and and uh louisiana and in the new orleans area especially which is my second home uh my my heart resides in that city and for all the folks across there hopefully you're doing well you are recovering and know that there are a lot of people thinking about you um again thankfully the, the lafayette area wasn't too too greatly affected. it sounds like from all accounts the uh of U- uh, louisiana football team should be all systems go for this one
0: yeah, we are definitely thinking about our friends in Louisiana and all of the people that are impacted by this. Their football is is a uh, a blip on the radar as it compares to the things that are happening currently. So our thoughts and our prayers and our positive thoughts are with them. And so we do have some football to talk about. Again, it pales in comparison to the actual important things that are happening in Louisiana. But we do want to uh, discuss the football that's happening. So we're here to do a preview. Kyle, it's our first... Season preview, or I guess our first game day preview of Kyle. It's our first game day preview of the season. It feels good to be back. Louisiana, not Lafayette, just Louisiana, raging Cajuns come to town. And when this one was scheduled, it's supposed to be a cupcake game. The <laughs> schedule was supposed to be one that we didn't have to worry about. <laughs> You know, the Texas athletic department has done a really good job of scheduling FBS games that aren't really FBS games. And then Billy (laughs) Napier had to go and do what Billy Napier does and improve the UL group. And so UL is a ranked team number 23 in the country, coming off of a impressive 10 in one season, including straight up dominating Iowa State last year in Ames, 31 to 14. Brock Purdy had the Brock Purdy bad game, through a few less than 50 percent uh, completion percentage and threw an interception, no touchdowns. Um, Louisiana Lafayette, you're not. Louisiana got a lot done on a one big pass, two kick returns, like a lot of just like. It's kind of the upset recipe, right? Where you have some big plays and things go well. But they proved that it wasn't just a flash in the pan. uh, pan. They ended up going 10-1. and Only loss came to Coastal Carolina on a narrow one. And they probably had an opportunity to avenge that if... There wasn't a, uh, a COVID outbreak at Coastal Carolina that caused them to cancel that game. However, they closed the season by playing our, one of our low-key favorite teams, UTSA, beat them by a touchdown in the first response, responder bowl, powered by their running back uh, pair of Elijah Mitchell and Trey Ragris, who combined for 231 and... A score, Kyle. There's a lot to unpack. It's hard to do the like the first preview show of the year because it's it's all last year data. But the big piece of data that's Mm -hmm. coming back is Levi Lewis, the quarterback who passed for 74 and 19 touchdowns last year. Over two years, over two seasons, 5300 yards, 45 touchdowns, just 11 interceptions. So offensively, the trigger man is experienced and he's good. He doesn't make a ton
1: of mistakes. And he brings back his top five receivers and all five of his offensive linemen. If you're a quarterback, you cannot ask for too much better than that. The only thing I guess you could ask for is to have uh, both of your dynamic running backs back. He didn't get that. Uh, But otherwise, he's he's pretty much got everything he wants. And uh, there's a lot of seniors on this team and a lot of super seniors, people who took advantage of the COVID year um, and and chose to come back. And I think that says a lot about where this Louisiana team – thinks they can be where they are i think they they definitely think they can win uh the Sun Belt, right and and you know it's interesting because one of their biggest wins last season point spread wise was ohio state winning um by what's that 17 uh points in that one uh, and again two kick return touchdowns probably Effectively, the difference there. Um, but, you know, they, they won their next game in overtime by three. They won their, the ensuing game against, and that was Georgia State. Then they went against Georgia Southern. So all the regional Georgia schools 20 to 18. They lost to Coastal Carolina by three. Tell me if any of this sounds uh, similar to, to a Texas team last year that, that was in one possession games. Uh, beat UAB by four, 24 to 20. They did have a 10 point win against Texas State, a seven point win over Arkansas State, and then South Alabama finally they had a 28 point win. Their first win win of the season of more point uh, notoriety than um than than iowa state uh they finished the year with a three-point win against appalachian state they did have a 50-point win against ulm in there but you know ulm is is what you lala uh was back when they were ooh um anyways but uh yeah I, I, they played a lot of close games not necessarily elite teams but they beat the one elite team that they or the one very good team that they played uh, last year and lost to a, a quite good team in, in Coastal Carolina the one time they played so all that's to say they're bringing back a lot they're bringing back a lot of the same team that they had last season um, I think Levi Lewis is is um, is certainly paramount to that a, a guy who can mostly do it with his arm. Take care of the ball but also uh can do it with his legs i think the texas defensive line is going to have a lot to say uh about how the offense production goes uh they will try to run the ball but but i think if he can uh have a clean pocket and isn't feeling pressure with all the returning line and wide receivers at his disposal he, he could you know make it a little difficult so he will be um i think a player as much as they they know that that Billy Napier wants to have a running game. If Texas can key and focus and take away the passing attack uh, of that team, then and make them one-dimensional and force them to try to run into that giant uh, defensive line um, and, and downhill safety uh, play that, that Texas is going to have, then I think that that bodes relatively well.
0: It's a good on good matchup. It's an experience on experience matchup, right? Like Texas's best unit defensive line. Like we can, there's, I don't think anybody would argue with you that the Texas defensive line is what's going to be the bell cow this year. And the experienced wide receivers are going against one of the most experienced units on the team, which is the defensive backfield. Now, again, the experience has been up and down. Not all experience is equal, right? Uh, So there, there are still some questions back there about what this group looks like together. But I think if there's one group that's going to be prepared for an opening game against another experienced group, it's going to be that defensive backfield because they've just got so many snaps on their you know under their belts and so I'm I'm curious to see what that matchup looks like. Now you did mention the running game is a question and that's something that Billy Napier does like to do. He's he does like to be balanced in spite of the gaudy numbers that uh, Levi Lewis has put up. He likes to run the ball. And they lost not one but two running backs in the offseason. So who's gonna replace that productivity? And are they gonna be as good or as explosive as those two guys were? And Texas, I think, is in a position to hopefully dictate some of that, uh, some of that difference. Now the the five starting five across the offensive line in Texas's front four to six-ish, depending on how they want to play it. Uh, that's another good matchup. And I think Texas hopefully has the horses to match up against these kids from UL that are coached up really, really well by Napier.
1: Gerald, I want to go a little bit into the advanced stats, and I know that's your foray, but uh, I, I'd like to uh, show you a little something that I, I did. Uh, again, I get prepared for these; I'm pretty I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Texas defense in 2020, if you look, uh, break down the types of runs against them. Against inside zone? which uh, Louisiana ran last year a lot. They were 12th in uh, the nation um, against uh, quarterback runs. They were 20th in the nation. Um, uh, they basically, you know, were elite in those categories. Um, they were against power, 37th in the nation against lead runs. They were fifty seventh. And it's hard to get exact science on these because sometimes teams uh, skew the line. So, so take grains of salt here. But the interesting thing, was against the counter which you know we know OU is famous for its GT counter and that may have some of the statistics but uh, against the counter they were 73rd so it will be curious how Napier attacks if he chooses to stick with what he has done on the offensive side if he chooses to have a Texas specific game plan on offense to attack what they did last year even though there's a new defense, I don't know. Um, but it, it is interesting that, that if you talk strength on strength again, with, with returning a, a lot of those defensive guys, if they're running their inside zone, Texas really lined up well last year, uh, again, even different systems, all grains of salt. We can only talk about the stats we have, um, then, then it should be further enhancing that point that you said that, that, that is a strength for Texas, and and most likely they will welcome any team that chooses to try to run up the gut at Keandre Coburn, Tamandre Sweat, and, and the other bigums.
0: Seven hundred pounds of defensive tackle in that center, regard like that's by the way, that is what. Snacks, Coburn, and Interoundary Sweat add up. It's like 670-something pounds. At that point, you round up to 700, <laughs> right? There, there are questions about the edges, and I think that's something that we need to, like, we have to be cognizant of as you're playing a team that, again, has made its money playing the ground game. Now, again, the, the stats you brought up were, were great, and I think if we flip the side, I think the, the big questions, you know, UL brings back a ton of of experience on the defense. They bring up, I believe all of their defensive starters from a year ago, come back from a, from a team that was stingy. Now, granted they were not playing big 12 or sec team. So you have to take that with a grain of salt, but like they gave up one, 1.89 points per drive and 5.17 yards per play. And we talk a lot about advanced stats on this podcast. Cause I like the analytics. And so I, I use a, uh, I'm a, I'm a Fremo guy, bcftoys.com. He doesn't, we get zero pushback from him other than like, he's just a cool dude. Um, but like, so the way that his stats work and the way this I like his stats because he, he take painstakingly removes all garbage time from the stats and only pulls FBS versus FBS in it. So it really gives you kind of a, a better look at it. But the reason why we bring these up is because like defensive yards per play has like a 62% correlation with wins and losses points per drive has a 72% correlation with wins and losses. So like that's a pretty solid correlation on both of those. And so like, they were a stingy defense a year ago and they bring back all of those dudes. And so Texas who's breaking in a new quarterback, who's got some experience in the front, but they're still trying to learn this new blocking system. And they're still trying to learn how they work together in this inside zone game that Steve Sarkisian's going to run. Uh, that's a question mark that I have as we, as we discuss uh, what the outlook outlook is for the Texas offense.
1: Yeah. And, and, and look, they're going to be coming up against a three, four base defense that Louisiana runs and, Here's the thing that's interesting. We talked about in camp, we heard takes of, you know, the, the Texas offensive line wasn't good enough. The, the quarterback play wasn't good enough. I never really heard that the running game wasn't good enough. Some of that may have been due to individual brilliance of Bijan and, and Roshan. But nonetheless, what we surmised on a few podcasts ago, if you listened to all our podcasts, I'm sure you heard Gerald and or I or both say, Could it just be, and I think we also tweeted about this, that the Texas defense and specifically defensive line are really good. Um, And so I went and looked at it, and there's only two players that are even remotely close to Coburn size on UT's uh, schedule. Uh, Most of the Big 12 is – sub 300 nose tackles right um Baylor has a transfer who who's a, who's a, a great big um, and um and and the biggest player i think they will play all year is uh, uh against um this opening game with UL Taylor Murphy returns at nose tackle 65 uh 333 and 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 um, if it is a hey it, our offensive line only struggled cuz majors had to go up against a 350 pound coburn who just swallowed it up and allowed either himself or the other linemen to, to feast. Uh, could you see something similar here? I won't. I will save my prediction on, on how I think that uh, exact matchup may play out for just a moment, but uh, I am offering the data point, Gerald, that they have a giant, the biggest, again, I think interesting note, the biggest player Texas will probably face all year outside of practice in Taylor Murphy.
0: There's a lot to be said. And again, I, this is the hardest preview to do in the world because there's not a whole lot to go on. So let's let's do this. Kyle, let's shift. What are you hoping to see from Texas on Saturday? Like as you go and as we watch again, the first game in the Steve Sarkisian era, what are you hoping to see from the team?
1: Look, Sark's going to come out on offense. He's he said they're going to run a they're going to run a script and it's going to be a mixed bag of of getting people confidence, getting people, you know, who he wants to have touches, to have touches and getting different looks. So be curious to see they they know Texas has the advantage of knowing what Louisiana is, right? When we talk about they bring everyone back, you you know what their ceiling is for the most part because a lot of these guys are, you know, back. They, they they probably, with all these seniors, have reached effectively close to maybe a little bit better, but where they're going to be. Um, you know, they're good players, not a team necessarily full of NFL talent, but well, well coached. Versus Texas, which on both sides of the ball, again, is a bit of wild card. Napier as good of a coach as he is. Again, you're looking at, Legitimately, one of the probably top five or 10 best, most talented coaches in the country. And then I say that with all seriousness, uh, in, in Billy Napier, he, he it will be coaching at a big school probably by next year. I think that the, the uh, Matt Miguez, when he came on here to do the preview said as much, right. If not next year, the year after, I mean, depends how this year goes, but, but you know, it, it, the guy is, 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 a is a, um, a known commodity right I'll just say that for athletic directors uh, but anyways uh, so what do I expect I expect Texas to have the upper hand uh, in that sense to, to to have the the they only announced their quarterback this this week to have a little bit of the unknown uh, and to take advantage of that because there's two ways that that can play out if Texas comes out and looks like they have a bunch of receivers who are new in this system and, and some playing some freshmen at skill posi- and, and receiver and, and uh, young players at skill positions um, if you know putting linemen a lot of starts but only two starts from for instance majors if those guys if there's some hiccups and things there or it can be that you you have some unknowns that they can't prepare for so you get out early fast and and they're playing catch up the entire game and I think the difference that we want to see from the Tom Herman era is okay come out fast throw a haymaker and then keep going right uh this is a team that was 6 and 1 last year in games decided by a touchdown or less they are basically that Tom Herman uh version of team that played a lot of good teams close and 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 even bad teams close uh but they happened to win all of them that's the difference basically texas lost by 13 combined right and and they you know only lost the one so um i don't want to be in a shootout with them i i would love to get double digit points and kind of keep a cushion because they are a dangerous team who ha- who have a lot of experience. So um, that's what I'm looking for is just to see something different, to see a different mentality, to see Texas keep the foot on the gas. This is literally the MO, all gas, no brakes. It's not ironic that that has resonated so... It's not, uh, it's not a, a surprise or a shock that that has resonated so well. Um, we had a lot of breaks last year when we got up and we, as we said, Turtle Tom, I want to see something different there immediately.
0: For me, I want to see... What what Sark can do to maximize the offensive talent he has because they're not super deep at a lot of positions, right? And so I'm I want to see Texas play this at the ceiling, right? I put it out there on Twitter. We know this about. The Longhorns that that they've got a talented group, but we don't know how close to the ceiling they're going to play. And I want to see Texas play close to the ceiling. When you talk about seeing the offense put the foot on the gas, that's that's really what we need to see. Again, in the games where Texas struggled and in the games where Texas really, well, the games where Texas lost last year, and the games where Texas really struggled, the defense played good enough to win. Right? and all of those and all of those losses I mean, the Oklahoma games an outlier because that was a that was an overtime shootout early in the season like it's one of those things right but when you look at like the Iowa State loss that was a winnable game the offense did not get it done the offense wasn't unable to get and find its rhythm and the the TCU game the defense was not as good as they were late in the season but there are a lot of points left on the field and if Texas converts on one of those, that's a win. And so I really want to see this, this group just put the gas all the way down, maximize the horses you've got. And, and this will come up in Podstradamus. but I think feed, feed the horses, feed the horses that are going to get you there. And so we'll come to Potsdamas in uh, just a little bit. Who do you think Kyle is going to be your player of the game against Louisiana?
1: A, I'm tipping my hand at Podstradamus here. B, I am giving the coldest, or no, the most lukewarm of takes. The player of the game is going to be B. John Robinson. Uh, (laughs) How he does it will be spectacular. It's like watching Michael Jordan in his prime. You know he's going to get 35. How exactly he chooses to do that with dunks, layups, step-back jumpers, or other moves in his repertoire, that's the fun. You know Bijan's gonna be the guy, uh, and and if he's not the player of the game, man, I would love to be surprised because that means someone else just stepped it all the way uh, up. So uh, it seems like a cop out, Gerald, but that's I mean, that that is the answer. I like being right too, and that's the answer.
0: Noted that I need to go first on Podstradamus. because that's <laughs> that's also where I'm going. I really think. I think if there is, there's an advantage that Texas can press. It's the offensive line. It's Bijan. Cause I think the, the Texas offensive line has a bit of a size advantage on the, on the Louisiana front, uh, the defensive front. I think Bijan is Bijan and Bijan's going to be Bijan. And so I think Bijan is absolutely going to, to take over this game. And I think when you're trying to break in a new quarterback, that's the right way to call the game. Give, you know, don't put him in a situation where the game is on his shoulders on his first, first ride out. Right. Feed the beast, feed the guy that you know, can get it done, feed the guy who can break them, break them open. And I really think Bijan is going to have himself a game. And I think that's going to be something uh, for Texas to watch. So let's, uh, let's look at your, who's your defensive player of the game, Kyle, somebody that you're going to look at to make a big play on the defensive side of the ball.
1: I hate to put a prediction on here. I, one of our linebackers is going to get an interception. I feel it in my bones. I think it's going to be, uh, I, I like Brockermeyer here. I think over over Sean is, has, has a lot to say about it, but I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say defensive um, player of the game is the linebacking unit, which hasn't been talked about, hasn't been uh, the, the, what anyone has said is the strength. And in this, in this game, they're going to have some things to say, and they're going to show out a bit. And if I need to, I'll steal stats from the uh, jack less edge rushers and call them linebackers, but, but that, that's my prediction.
0: I'll, I'll allow. So I'm going to get specific, and this is always what costs me in Potsdamas, which is why I'm doing it before. I think defensively, D. Overshown is going to be the guy. I think he's the guy that can fill both of the roles that Texas needs. And I talked about him in our Tuesday show as kind of one of my players, my defensive MVP for the year, just because I really think he's a guy with significant NFL upside. And I think he's a guy who you know, Texas is going to need somebody who can be flexible and be able to play both the pass and the run. And I think, um, when, and if Louisiana, again, my, my perfect situation is Louisiana gets behind and has to pass a whole lot. Uh, and so he's a guy who will be able to feast in that situation. And so I really do think that there is an opportunity for him to, uh, make big plays and be, be the guy we're all talking about after the game on Saturday.
1: We're both aligned there, and that linebacker uh, having a lot to, to say in determining the outcome of this one.
0: All right, so it's time for everybody's favorite game Podstradamus. So if you're you're new with us this year, Podstradamus is where Kyle and I go and make some predictions for the season, and we've we've basically played it fast and loose with the rules just to keep things fun and, and we kind of change the rules and it is what it is i'm terrible at predictions and i get frustrated that i'm not good at predictions and it is, whatever it's fine but i i think we do like do we want to put firm guardrails around this or does that ruin the fun like because part of it's just kind of us just just being idiots and doing whatever we want with it
1: Here, here's the thing Gerald. this is a very incredibly serious endeavor where we make predictions on a college football podcast and and we should put as much regulation and rules and constriction and restriction as we can on this let's let's you know let's uh, triangle hold this uh this and, and and put it into submission no come on gerald Loose, fun, come on, th- this is my M.O., this is why I thrive here, <laughs> because my ability to, to like Aaron Rodgers in a tight package, just tap dance my way out of trouble, uh, and, and somehow seemingly make the, the, the play that shouldn't uh, be there, which again will probably happen from, from Hudson Card this week, uh, but uh, <laughs> that that is why this is my segment, this is where I... Thrive. So let's, let's, uh, you offer whatever you think restrictions should be, and I will uh, do my best to find loopholes in them.
0: The way that you've won this in the past, Kyle,
1: is you started going
0: real generic early, and you built up a lead and forced me into a corner, right? That's
1: what happened. You're, you're forgetting. I took some dartboard shots. Like There were times I predicted 150 yards and people got 151. I, I, there is an, an incredible amount of luck that was also there. <laughs> there was not a great deal of strategy, uh, but, but yeah, you, you, you're, you're fair.
0: Whatever, let's just do it. What's your Podstradamus pick for Saturday, Kyle? Let's just leave the rails off and we'll we'll mess with it all season. What's your Podstradamus pick?
1: All right, so this one starting us off, number one. Do I get two? I'm going to do two. Is my thought? Do we'll we do have it? A- yeah, okay. we we'll two. All right, so my first one. This is this is low hanging fruit. Bijan Robinson. I'm not saying 100 yards because that's too easy. Bijan Robinson will break 140 yards in this game. Uh, how many carries he takes? It'd be nice if he did it on like. Under twenty, but I I I think he breaks 140 yards on this one, and I will put this caveat, Gerald, that 140 total yards that he has to have at least 100 rushing for this to be successful for me. So 140 total and at least 100 rushing.
0: All right, so total yardage 140, at least 100 rushing. I could take that. So mine is actually I think Bijan is going to have two rushing touchdowns in this contest that was why we were we were both going to go with the ground game so i i think Bijan's gonna have two rushing touchdowns that's where my head's at
1: so i i said that i, I teased this earlier and i actually didn't then uh, give it. So I, I mentioned that there is a giant who lives in the middle of, of Louisiana's run defense, and he was there uh, last year at 330 pounder. Also, you know the best player on that defense line. He'll kind of set the edge. And Sark called him out specifically in his presser this week. So you would think, okay, running might be tough, but no, they were not particularly good uh, against the run last year. Like in 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 uh, ground yards before contact, they were like I want to say number 80 in the country last year. So like lines just pushed them back. They run a three-man front, which again sometimes can be limiting. We've seen that, um, but I, I think we both—I'll I'll give the inside baseball there. I think Gerald and I both looked at those stats. That that running backs who were one tenth of the player, and that is no shot at any of those players. But Bijan is legitimately the talent that you know is is generational. Um, players that were were nowhere near as good as him had 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 success against that, that uh, front, and I feel very, very confident that um, the, the coaching staff at Louisiana knows that Texas is going to do that, Texas knows it's going to do that, but I don't think they have any secret up their sleeve to be able to necessarily stop it.
0: If Texas doesn't lean on Bijan on Saturday, I will be shocked. Like, Sark, Sark is smart enough to, if we figured it out, then Steve Sarkisian has figured it out. I'll just put it like that. Okay, what's your second? Your second Podstradamas prediction.
1: So, Coach K, Mr. PK, Mr. Quietkowski, Quitkowski, excuse me, uh, is a quiet, gentle, he motivates in a way that I love. He's like the dad that's just so Always dependable and there and kind and loving that you 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 show out because you you don't want to disappoint him versus the defensive coordinator who you know yells and screams and motivates by just like shaking your bones to action um, and I like that and and but out of characters we talked about in the podcast last week he came out and set a target for the Texas defense and he said he wanted to average twenty points a game so I'm gonna go ahead and say I think that Texas will give up. No more than 24 points. Again, you're going to have some games like Rice coming up that can float the average down. So I'm not going to go just at 20. But I'm going to say they are going to give up less than 24 points in this game.
0: That's a spicy one. I like that.
1: That's guy. Oh, I'm like going that. out there, Gerald. I, I'm <laughs> trying to make this a fair fight. Last <laughs> year, I beat you so badly in Postradamus, it was not even fair. It was like you know, stop keeping
0: score like this. <laughs> <laughs> just like whatever. Screw <laughs> it. Let's just keep doing it. So <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying
1: score. to make it. I'm, I want this to come down to the wire like a Tom Herman game. You know, I want this to feel <laughs> like it's a one possession game till the very end.
0: Okay, that's fair. I think that the Texas defense. Will have two turnovers in this game. Can't I'm not gonna tell you which ones. This is your this is your total yardage, right? 140 total yardage. I'm going two turnovers. Texas, the Texas defense, or Texas will have two turnovers. Will force two turnovers. Let's put it like that. Texas will force two turnovers in this matchup.
1: All right. We will check back, and obviously, we will let you uh, let you know our progress as we go through the season in the Podstradamus. And I'm I'm predicting my my third and final Podstradamus that this year is going to be much closer. Here's hoping. Yourself. <laughs> All right, Gerald. So let's wrap it up then with our uh, final segment. And this is a new one last year. We were not doing Godzilla Tron at the same time we were doing game day previews. So, uh, but we like this. We like where we're at with this. We made it through uh, the, the entirety of, of uh, one football season that lived in a pandemic and now a second season. So we're still watching things. And this segment <laughs> is here to stay. Godzilla Tron. Gerald, what are you watching on your giant screen? Uh,
0: still watching Friday night lights plowing through it. One of my favorite shows of all time. Love it. Absolutely love it. It still continues to be good. It is what it is. Um, We also, I watched a lot of high school football this last week. There's a lot of high school football on the TV. I love watching high school football. I will stay up late on Fridays and watch California high school football because I want to see Malik Murphy play. So I watched a lot of high school football. And then my wife and I had a little bit of a couch date, decided to keep it home and not have to worry about the sitter and all that. And so we watched, it's on Hulu. It's called vacation friends. And it's, I don't consider this a recommendation. Let me say it like this. Don't (laughs) consider that a recommendation, but it is what we watched. Um, And it's this weird, like the only way I know how to describe it is like, if the hangover and a hallmark rom-com had a baby, Right, like it's got like it's got like the heart of the Hallmark movie, but the comedy of the Hangover. And again, it's not like not one for the kids. Don't even consider this a recommendation. Like <laughs> it was kind of uneven, but there were some really funny moments in it. Uh, John Cena continues to shock me at how funny he is. Did not <laughs> expect John Cena to be funny. Um, but Lil Rel Howery, uh, Yvonne Orji, hilarious. Uh, Robert Wisdom, who played Bunny Colvin in The Wire, uh, plays the father-in-law. So that's a Always good to see him doing stuff. But again, do not consider this a recommendation of any way, shape, or form. So if you watch it, do not tweet at me like you told me to watch this terrible movie. I am telling you, don't watch it. Feel free not to watch it. But that's what we watched, and that's what I was asked.
1: Appreciate the honesty nonetheless. Um, Wow. Yeah, so the reason I even know that that existed is, is... uh, in a group chat, my wife shared this with our actual vacation friends when uh, we went to Mexico for our anniversary <laughs> and, and actually made great friends with some people and we've stayed in touch with them and so um it they I think the movie is set in Mexico as well. yeah, is that right? Half and, of it, yeah. Okay, yeah, no spoilers, please. No spoilers, please. (laughs) Uh, But basically from the trailer was like, we clearly did it wrong because we didn't do any of this stuff. Um, So maybe we'll have to follow uh, a trip next year and recreate Vacation Friends. I don't know. Uh, But comedic actor John Cena is a a phrase that I I love to hear. Um, So I am continuing to watch uh, Deadwood. I am now in the third and final season. I am loving it I am recommending it um, the first two seasons at least uh, and again I'm, I'm relatively in short into the third but uh, I'm sure I will continue to recommend so if you want to watch it with me catch up uh, start now um, I know football is back it's harder to do so but we also started White Lotus um, which is an HBO show that you talked about and multiple people had recommended to me and it's a kind of black comedy as Gerald. If you want to hear about it, listen to Gerald's review. I think we're four episodes, three episodes in, um, so far and it's, it's pretty good. I love Steve's on a lot and I love, uh, Tammy Taylor coach, uh, coach's wife and Friday night lights as Gerald's watching it. Connie Britton, um, in, in a g- good cast, uh, otherwise, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I like it so far. I, I, I am, I'm a fan again, what three episodes in, so we'll see how it finishes.
0: Yeah, we we have like we haven't picked it back up just because we're. It's been a we It's it's getting to be the busy season for people that do mm-hmm. college football content. So like we haven't uh, been able to pick it back up, but I'm sure we will at some point. That's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet?
1: Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Car, but you can also follow the Texas Pre Gamer at Texas Pre Gamer.
0: You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at G H Gertrude. Follow the show on Twitter at longhorn pod, Facebook and Instagram, the longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email longhorn public pod at gmail.com. So we'll be back. I'll be back on Saturday with a post game live stream. Kyle will be, at the game like the meanie he is so he won't be on the live stream uh but we will have i'll have a special guest for the live stream for you on saturday we look forward to that and we'll see you back on tuesday for our recap show thank you so much for tuning in again this week and until next time hook
1: him hook him be gone gone. he gone